Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Heart and Hustle podcast. I'm Angel Yard. And I'm Charisma O'Keefe, and we are here every week talking to you about business, entrepreneurship, balance, all the things when it comes to starting your own business, trying to get financial freedom, which we're going to talk a bit about today. And yeah, there's just a, a lot of topics to cover when it comes to, to running your own business. So we've been doing this about, I don't know, all the years, a million years, and this is the 500th million episode. It's I don't really know what number. Episode. This is the 56th <laughs> day of January, 2024. This comes out in February. Hopefully it we'll get to February. in January for a very long time. <laughs> I will. And I'm a January person because my birthday's in January. So as you all already know, um, so I do love the month, but like, wow, this one has been very long like we were just saying each week has felt like its own like month yeah i've been doing obviously every january i do try to me and adrian yoga with adrian we we do a january challenge um i feel like i've i've been in it for some time i'm like genuinely this has been length day this is really really putting me through the ringer on this (laughs) Yeah, I will say, like, I guess the good thing about it feeling so long as a month is, like, because I've been trying to, like, you know, implement some habits that I want to uh, have in my repertoire for the year. Like, I've been starting to slowly implement them throughout January and add them in and see where they fit and that sort of thing. And it's, I feel like I've had a lot of time to, like, experiment. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that first 21 days definitely felt like it was a 21 month. And so I feel like, yeah, yeah, we made some habits. We're we're back in it. We're good. Yeah. We're we're fine. We don't need any more time to get It's funny because it's, like, one of my things was, like, I want to walk, like, three to six miles a day. So, like, six miles if I'm having, like, a good day and I feel like, you know, quite literally going the extra mile. But three miles I think is still doable, like, even if you're not feeling 100%, like you can still do three miles and you can even do it at home, like inside if it's a bad weather day. So like that one, I wanted that to be like my baseline is three miles and then like push to six on the days that are are better. And I feel like it, I've been, I, I feel like I can't remember a time before I did like these super, super long walks. Like it just feels like, you know what I mean? Like I'm like, oh, there was a time where like walking on this level wasn't a part of my daily life because it just feels like it always has been. Like, yeah, I feel like I've always been very real. consistent with it. For the girlies who feel like it's a very long time, it's not. Um, 60, this is a 60 minute class with Grow with Joe on YouTube. If you want to walk indoors or a 60 minute Peloton tread or walking moment, 45 minutes if you walk a little speedy. Um, so <laughs> it, it's not actually that yeah. much time to commit, but it has been like, you know, 20. No, it's third day. We're thirty day thirty. We're thirty days into the month. So you've really days on, even though I've done I it every day. Woke up and thought that it was the thirty first. <laughs> I was like, "Wow, we did it, guys!" And I was like, "Oh, just kidding. That's tomorrow." Um. So yeah, we're in it. But yes, we were talking about all things financial freedom. What does that mean? What does that look like? What are some ways to get to what or financial not freedom but goals? <laughs> really, because I was just like, "Let's retire." I'm ready to retire. I think that's what it is. I'm ready to be. <laughs> I think a lot of millennials, like, I think our generation is the first generation to really, like, there's a, a large group of us that have talked about we would love to retire. A fire is the you fire know? lifestyle, I yes. think, has definitely sparked something. And, and I feel like some Gen X folks, too, who are really, like, not wanting to have that extended time in an office into your 60s and then you know if you have yeah like Haley, like boomers, make it 70 the boomers, like, <laughs> won't leave work and i think us seeing them refuse to give up work like it makes us 
we really have a different outlook and we're like, no, we really want Yeah, the Xenials are, are done working. Able we're to tired. Let go. Yeah, we would want to be able to let go of the office and let go of like the working lifestyle and you know, what like you don't wanna have I think for some boomers it's like they want to keep working because that's all they've ever known. So if they stop working, they're like, well, what am I going to do? They haven't like made time for hobbies and things like that because they just work, 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 work. So I think our generations has very much like been like, we want to do hobbies. Like we're trying to do all the things, have fun, go back to like old school hobbies. And we want to have time for those. And we want to continue to develop those and have identities outside of work. Right. So, so many of us like have multiple jobs as well. That's a big thing. It's it's a very big thing to have a side hustle, to have two jobs, whatever the situation is. So, of course, we want to see an end to that. We don't want to, like, do that forever. Um, and then, of course, our generation and, and everybody at the moment has been hit with, like, crazy inflation. But a lot of millennials are still, like, you know, in that point of life where, like, maybe you have young kids at home or maybe you're trying to travel more. Maybe you're trying to buy a house. So it's, like, when you're trying to reach these goals and, you know, maybe your finances aren't 100% together and then inflation hits on top of that, it's just challenging. And especially if you're trying to run a business as well. Um, so yeah, we wanted to give you guys some steps today that are not like the most challenging steps and they're not specific to uh, having a certain amount of money or anything like that. It's something that everyone can really do. Like five easy steps. You can say, listen, this is my year. You don't have to do them all at once, right? Like you can spread these out over five months, you can spread them out over the year and say, I'm going to take these five steps towards reaching my financial goals. Um, I think that's another big thing with finances. A lot of people like to like check things off of a list quickly. And when it comes to financial stuff, a lot of times you can't. Yeah. <laughs> a well, lot and of it times... just depends on your situation. Like the yeah. first um, step of financial peace university is save a thousand dollars. Now, depending where you are, your age, et cetera, like how old you are when you step in that, that's not like, it's hard for some people to get an extra thousand dollars, depending on like where they are and like what their financial situation is. So a lot of people easily like even burn out of that. They're like, well, this is not for me. Financial stuff is not for me. Because a lot that's, of times Financial yeah, Peace University is offered to people through churches. And so it's a free program. So a lot of times people are like, oh, as a group, we're going to get together. It's not free, but as a group, a lot of churches offer Financial Peace University because Dave Ramsey is very religious. So a lot of people get into this like group together and they're like, oh, we're going to do it. And then you get into this thing and the first step is like, save a thousand dollars. And people immediately are like, well, I won't have a thousand dollars for like, on the next 12 months you know what I mean so they, they opt out and they hop out so I think we're trying to approach things and like you can make this work for your own lifestyle it's very flexible yes. it's very customizable it's not like this is the key to being wealthy or whatever so it's, yeah. yeah like everyone's There's, numbers are different everyone's situation is different everyone you know, it's going to be a situation if you have one working adult in the home, two working adult in the home. Do you have you kids have, in the home? Yeah, I was going to say, you have no kids. kids. You got five kids. Yeah, like... you have parents that you have to, like, help out with or maybe a sibling. Like, everyone's situation is very different. So these steps are things that, like, everyone can apply because, yeah, I do feel like it can get very discouraging when you hear, like, well, it has to be this number, this number, this number. The numbers that people are throwing out now of, like, okay, if you want a quality – life in United States of America, like this is what you need to make. Uh, those numbers overwhelm a lot of people. They just yeah. hear that number and they think- You jump into fire and you don't have a high salary job or a job that's making above like the, the middle. It's the, if you go to the fire community and use the thing that they use calculations for your retirement, like what that looks like and how much money you need to make, 
it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. So if you go off the back and you're like making $25,000 or $30,000 a year and you just jump in, you're like, yeah, I would love to retire early and go in this thing and you try to figure out how much you need to make to retire at a certain age. It's very expensive. And so it, yeah. either you have the mindset of being discouraged and like, okay, I'm out. Like, I'm just going to work till I die and like burn me, like bury, bury me in a pine box. Or you have the mentality of like, now I need to increase my income and do this. So it's very like, but it's hard to put people in that position early on. So this is again, while we're starting with things that are very obtainable. And once you start to work your way through looking at your finances and changing your mindset about your finances, then it's a little easier yes. to start jumping into some of those other financial methods to start building bigger goals. Or even if your goals are trying early or buying a house or whatever it is, like it's starting to get you in that mindset and not being discouraged so early on with big numbers. 100%. All right. So the first step towards reaching your financial goals is going to be to set clear goals, clear very, goals. very All clear caps. goals, because you cannot reach goals if you don't set them. And that should be, I know that sounds obvious, but a lot of times that's, that's where we're at, right? It's like people don't want to actually set the actual goals. They don't want those goals to be clear. So how are you going to make a roadmap to a goal if it's not a very, very clear goal? And what I mean when I say clear is like, okay, do you want to own a home, right? Or do you want to own a home in a certain part of town in a certain amount of time? Because those are very different goals. So I know, again, being in real estate, like if somebody's like, I want to own a home. Okay, cool. Any home like that, you know, that's different <laughs> than saying a home. I want to own a home in Windermere, Florida. Okay, well, a that's single a family home. You know what I mean? So we're going to be like, if we're looking at like anywhere in Central Florida, okay, cool. Like maybe we're going to, you know, work towards qualifying for 400. But if we're looking for Windermere, maybe we're looking at qualifying for 700. You know what I mean? So it's like, those are very different goals. Are you looking to buy? Do you want to buy a house? Is the goal to buy a house next year? Or is it a goal to buy a house in five years? Those are different plans. And again, when you get specific, because a lot of times you're like, oh, well, it doesn't matter if it's if it's three years out, if it's a year out, if it's five years out. I, I'm telling you, there are people, once you get specific about those goals, there are people who can help you to lay out a plan to get to that point. So for example, a lender, their job is to qualify you for a house. Um, so if you are getting specific about what you want, where you want it and when you can talk to a lender years out and see what steps you need to take. Like, Oh, I need to get my credit score to this amount. I need to make, I need to have a job that makes this amount. You can figure that stuff out now so that you're not just hoping and wishing for a house for the next three to five years, you know? So make those goals as clear as possible because again, you, you can't reach what you don't set. I love the idea of a clear goal of like just someone giving me a home. If you're going to gift me a house, that'd be great. Love it. <laughs> yeah, a clear delusion. You can set a clear delusion. Clear delusion. And I'm, I'm here for that as well. I have my goals that are like, these are things I can make happen. And then I have my delusions that I'm like, these are things I am going to put onto the universe. And maybe not, those love are not things that. I necessarily will choose because those are my delusions. So no. just sure it's your goals and your delusions. <laughs> and your clear goal, and honestly, it doesn't have to be as big as I want to buy a house. Like, you could, again, your clear goal could be I want to save $1,000. Like, that could be your goal. Yes. Yeah. And then you start from it, but you have to be, like, Christmas said, clear about what that looks like. I think because... a great one is, like, making sure... Like, cause I know a lot of people spend more every month than they bring in. Mm -hmm. So one goal could be getting to a point where you don't spend more 
than what you bring in, you know, mm-hmm. and there's multiple ways to do that. If you can trim stuff out of your budget, then you, you're going to do it that way. If you can increase what you make, you're going to do it that way. But that's a really good goal because so many people are not only living paycheck to paycheck, but By also living upside down. Yeah. yeah. Also like going into debt further every month. So it's like, that can be a goal. If, if that's what you're going to work on this year, that's a really good thing to work on. So again, everyone's situation is different. There's people, maybe you, maybe you've owned a business for a while and you don't have a retirement fund. So maybe this is the year that you open a retirement fund and start contribute, contributing. Get your regularly. Roth IRA, get your mm-hmm. stuff together, friends. And you don't, you don't need to like, it doesn't need to be like, oh, well, I'm going to open up a retirement account and I'm going to put a thousand dollars in there. It doesn't need to be that. It can be what you can afford and what is achievable for you at this moment. Anything is better than nothing. Um, So from those clear goals and having that mindset already of like, this is what I want to work towards, then you move on to the next step. Now you can start to create that budget. And so I know people hate that word. You can call it your financial lifeline. You can call it your financial plan. You can call it whatever you want. It's still something that you need to do on papers to have something written out that has detailed information so that you can, again, live in reality. You can live in Delulu land with your finances. <laughs> it doesn't work. Unfortunately, I, numbers I, in Delulu don't always Genuinely work. does not work. I can, look, reporting back from the future, it doesn't work. Um, <laughs> you have to write things down. You have to understand. Well, number one, you have to understand how much things cost. And I think this has become a bigger argument between the generations because a lot of people in older generations don't have a written set budget. So they understand how much things cost. Um, or they're set on a if you're on a fixed income then you're kind of set into this kind of bucket and if you don't do things like grocery shopping if you're not paying for school things like that you don't understand how much the prices have jumped because i hear that a lot from friends yeah especially like let's say moms who don't run the finances and their husbands may run the finances they're often like why don't you just buy a house they're like have you seen how much a house costs like girl like if you know how much the interest rates are not even just how much the prices of home interest rates are a lot higher again they're lower than they were a couple months ago but like it's still not great <laughs> like it's not right. it's not the best um so there are things like that so you do need to have a written detailed budget if you are unsure of where to start from my friend google go to google write down the type of budget that you were looking for if you like you could be like hey single mom budget what that looks like they will have a there's a google sheet for everyone that already has calculations and formulas built in you can use that template to get you started and the the reason why i always say google sheets as a starter point for a lot of people is because one it's free 99 it's something you can access on your phone so it holds you a little bit more accountable if you are old school and you like to write things down again go to google.com Find the planner that works, a financial planner. The financial girlies are making planners all the time. Etsy is a great place to find a financial planner that's catered towards your lifestyle. If you have multiple kids, if you're a single mom, whatever it is, you can find what you're looking for most of the time on Etsy. You can buy that template, buy that planner. It comes in the mail. Then you have your physical planner, but you have to have something. The second note of all of having something is understanding all of the aspects (laughs) of your budget and i think this is where people sometimes are like oh but like i didn't count gas money or fun money or like trip money you know what i mean mm-hmm. all those things you have to write down every single thing if you travel and you have um you pay a lot in tolls like that type of what's your toll budget 
what is your gas budget? What is your car maintenance? But I you know car maintenance sneaks up on people all the time. Yeah. You should be setting money aside for car maintenance because cars are unreliable, friend. You will need tires. You will need brakes. You will need rotors. You will need oil. You will need to get your car deep clean sometimes if you are fancy blue. Like, you know what I mean? Figure out what it is that you need. You need to write all of that stuff down because all of it counts in your budget. Yeah, I think that um, budgeting is, you know, people get afraid of it, but when you get all, like, okay, it's hard in the beginning. I, I'm not going to lie. Like a lot of times the first time you do a budget and you first look at reality, it can be <laughs> overwhelming, right? But for me, and I never thought I would say this, but I find so much um, like comfort and security in doing my budget now. Like it feels very good to go in there. I like, I use, I use Google sheets because it's just, like you said, it's, it's free 99. It's easy. It's very easy and accessible for John and I to both have access to it. Right. Cause we have like one big like file in there, whatever. Um, so, but I usually like to update it and we'll normally have like check-ins, like they're not uh scheduled, but like about once a week ish. And I'll be like, Hey, like, you know, just checking in, like, did you, like I'll pull up our bank account because some of the stuff just gets pulled automatically. So I'll update those things. Like, yes, this got pulled, this got pulled. And then I'd be like, Hey babe, did you pay the, you know, car insurance or whatever it is that doesn't get pulled automatically. And he'll be like, Oh yeah, I paid that. Or like, Oh, let me go in and do that now. And so we'll just kind of like communicate a few times throughout the month and update that sheet. And it just always feels good to just see things going according to plan. Cause once you have a plan, and, and you get it together, like it can go according to plan, right? But then also like it kind of keeps you on top of things. If things are maybe going a little bit off plan, then you are a little bit more prepared and you see that coming rather than just, well, I'm going to spend until I run out of money and hope for the best. Like you can't, you can't do that. <laughs> you can't do that. The You know, you don't want to be that far into the Delulu, right? So it is important to kind of just be aware of like what's coming in, what's coming out. It's going to make things a lot easier. And and for me, it makes me feel just safe. If that like, you know what I mean? Like there's all just a lot of like safeness and calmness in that feeling with dealing with a budget. If every time you go to deal with a budget, if you are maybe a person that you share expenses with, if you guys come at it and you feel a lot of anxiety and you're feeling a lot of stress, I want you to try to make it a cozy moment. I want you to like make yourself a cup of tea, maybe some hot chocolate, put on like some music that you enjoy and make it into a cozy moment because it shouldn't be scary. Finances should not be scary. And I know, and I understand if they are, trust me, I have been there for a long, long, long time. So I completely get it, but make it a cozy moment so that it's something that you start doing as a ritual. And I promise you, as you get more control of it, as you learn more about finances in general, you're not going to come at your budget planning with a ton of anxiety. So the third step Not is, to interrupt, but I just immediately got the visual of someone listening to iSpice and being like, I got to pay my electric bill. And it's very funny. <laughs> <laughs> I genuinely, with the, uh, like, cozy, like, they got, like, poured some Hennessy, turned on iSpice, yep. and was like, I am ready to do my budget. And honestly, if that's you, I love that for you, friend. And please send us a picture and tag us. I, I love the idea of somebody being like, I'm about to listen to the wildest music I ever did and open up a Google sheet and, like, listen. mark things as I love that. For you. John and I have a money playlist, and we will play it sometimes when we're financially planning, and then often when we're like doing like real estate things, and we have like a like if we have like a very long day coming up, and it's like okay, we're gonna be 
working for straight like 12 to 13 hours and it's gonna be then we put in our money playlist and you need to like drop the money playlist i need the i think the girlies would love the idea of like listening to rihanna it's a really like girly it's a girly money (laughs) it's 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 funny too because it is both of our money you better work bitch (laughs) clear like john started the money playlist so it was not me he started i I obviously would think it was john (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah but yeah. he put the first song that he added was like Cardi's Money. Like that's the first. So it's oh, like when that starts, song. I know we're going into the money playlist. And I'm like, oh, here we go. You're right. You're right. <laughs> yeah. So I love it. Because you know what? I think the reason that there's more like women artists on it is because like with women artists, it's often just like, hey, I'm we're like, never getting paid. We well, need to that, get paid. But I was going to say like, because women artists are just like, I'm going to talk about the money. Whereas the man artists sometimes be talking about a whole bunch of other stuff. And that is not the vibe. So yeah, like the vibe is money. That is where manifest because because that's a manifestation playlist for us. So for us, it's like we're speaking those words and we're like, yes, we're we're speaking the money into our lives. We gotta love it. So all right. So the third step is building and maintaining emergency funds. So this is gonna help a lot when it comes to the ongoing uh, situation of you know having a budget. Because first you create that budget, but you have to be going back into checking on that budget. When you have emergency funds, it's going to make you so much less stressed about your financial situation because you're going to know, okay, I'm set if we have an emergency. So there's so many different type of things that can come up. And it's like, you know, you don't want to focus on the anxiety of it all, but it's it's just the reality. Like for us, you know, one of the things that we have an emergency fund for now is our dog because she has had health issues in the past. And when those health issues creep up, it's like all of a sudden you're paying literally over a thousand dollars for something that you didn't even know was a concern yesterday. And for us, it's a non-negotiable, like I'm not, whatever the cost is for my dog, I'm going to pay it. And so that's something that we're like, okay, we need to have a plan for that. Right. You mentioned a car earlier. That's another big one. Like cars can be very unreliable. Like sometimes out of nowhere, you think everything is good. And then like your AC is not working, things like that happen. And so you might want to have something put aside for that. And then there's also just like health in general, because in America, our healthcare system is not good. (laughs) Um, And so having some money set aside, maybe your situation with your insurance is that you know, if your kid is sick, you might have to wait a bit to find the right doctor, you know, whatever. Maybe sometimes you just want to be able to take them into center care and handle the, the situation immediately. So maybe you have some money set aside for, you know, center care visits, things like that. And kids do like a lot of times kids can get sick a lot. Sometimes kids, certain types of kids will get hurt a lot because they're, you know, uh, out there. The money that it. my friends spend, it's what, like you yeah. spent more money on Valkyrie. And my friend, my dog, my sister has spent more money on her dog than I have ever spent on my that, child. Well, wood. You, have, you have a child that doesn't like get hurt, but like, I think about <laughs> like, I have a friend. She skinned her, her knee for the first time last year. And like, she was at probably the, during like, winter break. Outrage. Like, a few, she was, she was like, it was the wildest Jesus. experience. She was like, I cannot believe that I skinned my knee. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. drama upon drama. And that's um, how I was as a child. But, like, I think about my three cousins who would, like, oh my break their arms on a regular basis. I have a friend who has, like, a recurrent, like, should have her own parking yep. space at the emergency room. That is how my cousins were. It was just, like, always a new broken bone. Sometimes other kids would break their bones at this at my like my aunt and uncle's house. <laughs> they had three trampolines in the back and okay the well this was self-inflicted never mind yeah like, <laughs> and, and when i would go over i'd be like i'm not doing that like i will jump on one trampoline but i'm not going to jump from one giant trampoline to the next one 
that seems like a bad idea. And you've already broken your ankle or whatever it is. So it's like, if you have, if you, you know, your kids, if you have that kid set up that fun, but regardless, set up, yeah, you, know, you should have a fun, fun for anything. It could be a, I need to like, I love the idea. And I've had a lot of friends who've done this, especially in tech, because it's such a hectic sector is starting to invest in a, I need a break fund. So it's like yes. saving up a year of your salary just so you can like not work for a year to get over the burnout before you switch to positions 100%. or switch to a different industry. Yeah. That is a very good reason. I personally love the, I don't want to cook fund. That's my Uber Eats fun. I love a, I'm going to feel like I'm not going to cook one day. I don't know what day it is, but I know I have the money for it. Do it. And that that's honestly, fun. like, that's the sort of thing that also helps like towards not getting to burnout as well. Right. So it's like, if you have a fun that is going to help you, uh, you know, whether it's not cooking or like maybe, okay, every so often things are hitting the fan and I need to go to the spa, you know, something like that, uh, that's going to help you like not get to that point of burnout because you're taking a break and you're taking some time. At one point um, I had a, my friends need help fund. Like, and I still, like, I don't categorize money, but when I was in a certain income amount, because I was going through a period of time where my friends were going through a lot of different things, whether it be terrible pregnancies or like infant loss or divorces or whatever. At one point, a couple, like I was like, okay, I need to start putting money aside to like, buy gift cards or like flowers or, or food or coffee or whatever it is that people need so if they need something I can just run up and done up and get it and not have to be worried about it because I am that type of that's just my personality that's something that you can look at doing because I do think sometimes people hear emergency but especially when it comes to like having three to six months of your expenses or your your you know your budget saved so people will really get stressed out by that number because it is a lot of money but i think if you start doing it in a small amount so like if you maybe start with the car fund start with the pet hospital fund start with the emergency room yeah, fund, start, start with something small like so you can get in the hot <laughs> habit of doing it and then you yep. start to build up that like extra emergency fund of like if anything happens i'm good then for at least have, six months because yep. to me i'm like i would literally pay for my dog to be okay before I would pay for my car. So literally it was literally like <laughs> dog first, then car. Real. Then, you know, and so on and so on and so forth. And yeah, when you're building up these little funds, then the, you can kind of get to that point where you're like, okay, well now I have three months of expenses put away. Now I have six months of expenses put away. You know what I mean? And then you, you build from there. Um, and people have like, you know, people have certain accounts that are like, okay, this is account for you know when my kid is going to college in the future or whatever like I'm going to put that account away for that for them and not have to to worry about that and stress about that I'm going to contribute to it a little bit over the time it's going to keep building a little over time the investment itself will you know build over time and that's that's really how you do it like like people want to overcomplicate it it's it's simple it's not sexy it's not the most fun but it's it is just pretty like standard and straightforward which is the the good part about it so it's literally just deciding, okay, what are the most important things for me? Those are going to be the first, or, or not even just the most important, but what are the things that I'm most likely, if there is an emergency popping up, what is it most likely that it will be? Start with those amounts of what you need to put away. So like a typical, I'll just tell you, like a lot of times like dog surgeries, like range from like, let's say 500 to like 1500, right? Like once you get all the medicines and everything else like that. So to me, I knew like, okay, that's an amount that we need to have on hand, like where we're not stressed and we can just grab that and say, okay, yeah, we're, we're ready for that. You know? Uh, and it, and it, it happened the first time that she needed a surgery, we were like, oh my gosh, how are we going to do this? 
And then the second time it was like, oh, I've already put that away. So that's fine. Like, like that's in its own spot. That does not affect our budget. That does not affect our finances. That's not coming out from other areas. That's just its own. Oh, that's the Valkyrie fund. Boom. I pay that done. You know what I mean? As so, an entrepreneur, because I know it's a little easier when you have a nine to five because you can set up your direct deposits to go to yes. whichever, how many accounts now, like so many um, payment processors or whoever, the payroll processing um, companies now allow that for you to be able to put a certain amount of money into different accounts. Entrepreneurs, I know this part is difficult because a lot of times we work on a project basis and we get paid by invoices. What a good thing to do is once you're like starting to um, estimate what, how much something's going to cost, mentally make a note of like 10% or whatever the amount is, is less. Like you're like, say you need to put $300 aside in your emergency pet fund out of your next gig. So you know that like, if you say your gig is going to be $1,500, your gig is $1,200. So you know, you have $1,200 to figure out because $300 regardless is going into your pet fund. That's the type of thing where you have to change that mentality shift a little bit more when you're an entrepreneur. It's a little easier as you work nine to five because you can just do it on the back end and never think about it again. Once you're an entrepreneur, start to think that way because I know, and again, I understand because sometimes we get into situations where we may need to pull from our savings. We're not getting as much income, but like our income varies a lot. Just start to get in that habit. Start with small amounts. It does not have to be three hundred dollars. It could be twenty bucks. It could be forty bucks. It could be sixty bucks. Like just start to think little bits add up. Yeah, that thinking process of like I'm just gonna start to say this is how much I actually have to work with. This other money doesn't belong to me to touch at all. Any aspect, whether it's paying vendors or whatever, like just know that savings is the priority number one, and then start to work your way out from there. And going back to like when you set those clear goals, right, of what you you want your financial situation to be and when you set the clear goals of what you want your funds to be, something that I'll do is sometimes I'll take on a project specifically to fund a fund, right? So I'm like, okay, if I know that like I'm trying to save up this amount and I, I wouldn't necessarily – I have a, a decent amount of work on my plate and like I can take on a little more but I wouldn't necessarily be looking for more. But then I realized like, oh, what if I could find the right project – that would just fund this fund, right? And that's one of like, I think the benefits, because I think a lot of times you're right. It's like a lot of times it's harder, you know, when, when you're an entrepreneur. But this I think is one of the benefits of being able to be like, well, I'm looking to make this amount specifically. So I will go after projects that are this amount and then I'll take what I made from that project and put it directly away for that. And I like to do that a lot. Um, so yeah, just making sure that you have those those clear ideas of what an emergency fund is for you. I think like a lot of people when they're looking at the month situation, it's it's so that like god forbid you either lose your job, maybe your industry changes, maybe your ability to do something changes. So having like a 3 to 6 months of expenses can be like really beneficial for that, but also it's going to depend on what your situation is at home. Are you responsible for a kid? Do you have a partner? Are you living at your parents so you don't have rent? So maybe that factors into it. Like there's different reasons why you're going to choose the amount of time that you choose if you're working up to a time fund. Um, but three to six months is often standard. Um, I I like a year just because I'm really, really cautious as a person, but that might be like overly cautious, but I don't know. I just like the idea of a year. I don't think it's overly cautious, but it is a lot harder to achieve for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, you really have to increase your income double, really. The right. reality is um, right. whether you're, if you're living at 
here means you either drop down half or you increase that. Like that's the reality of what you have to do. Um, so you have to figure out just how to start creating those um, multiple lines of income. And I understand with single people or people who are in partnerships with people, like that's hard. Like it's just hard to be, especially as a single mom, like it's very hard to make more money when you have a limited amount of time, if you don't have this, this type of setup. So I know life decisions or whatever, but I do think that three month goal is a good place to start. And if it's easier for you, then it's easier to start to pick it back up and, and go out because nothing is guaranteed. Does that there's so many mass layoffs all the time. Like there's now this um, mass layoff from the people who make the Roomba iRobot. Like it's, it's just stuff like that is happening all the time. Like there's been so many layoffs in the year. We're only on the 30th day of the year. So it's like you, unfortunately, you get into situations where you didn't expect this, but you do have a little bit of wiggle room to now get you into another place where you can find another job or maybe start a business or whatever it is to start getting that income back that you've lost. That's really what having that buffer is for. The next thing that you could do, and I, again, this is privilege. <laughs> so it, it will, depending on how you grew up, where your life is, where you are located, will require a little bit of education, but I believe in all of us. We've already gotten there thus far into what we're doing if we're taking these steps. is starting to invest wisely. And when people hear the word invest, they absolutely freak out and run in the opposite direction. But it is not, it can be difficult, but the little things that you start to do, and, and trust me, in, in a financial way, but even in a, in a personal way, you're investing in yourself all the time. You're investing in your kids. You're already doing that work. So I think if you start to shift your mentality on what that word means for you, it's a little easier to start thinking about the other ways you can start to invest. So yeah, there, I think people hate the word. As, yeah, they hate that word. Much, if not budget, like budget and invest are like really financial like, words. No, people hate the words. I don't like those. Yeah. Um, I think that I was more afraid of in the word investment than budget. Um, my mom was not a person who budgeted, but my grandparents were like, you got to budget. So I would hear about that. And it's weird because like my grandparents did invest, but like, it's not to say we never talked about it. I just, for whatever reason, like I had a roadblock about it. Like when I was younger, my grandfather would always be like, let's talk about Roth IRAs. And I was like, I don't want to talk about that. That's boring. Um, so I was just like, not into it for a long time. And then one day the switch flipped and I was like oh this actually is actually interesting and I can see the benefits of this and you know so I would just say yeah like get started like it's 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 really just like fine I think look for the book or the podcast or the person who you find to be interesting because a lot of times it's the the delivery of who is delivering it and how they're delivering it that makes it so like horrifically boring and if you find the right person, you're going to feel differently about it. Somebody who I would suggest checking out is Lauren Simmons. Uh, she has a book. It's one of the books I got for my birthday, and it is called Make Money Move. Um, uh, and she has a podcast as well called Money Moves. Um, I think that there's something to be said about learning from people who maybe have either similar backgrounds or maybe speak similar to like to the way you do. Maybe they look like you. That can be helpful. I think that if you're learning only from older white men who you don't have anything in common with, yeah, I can see where that's not going to always work out so well. You know, like Dave Ramsey, like I don't love a lot of his advice. Like I'm like, mm, this doesn't sound like this. I just, just not for me. Right. And so I've checked out some other people and I've been like, oh, wow. Like I actually find this to be like really interesting. And I, I like hearing about it, but it's just, it, sometimes it's just the person, it's just the delivery. It's just the way that, 
you know, cause there's different ways, there's different ways to go about, uh, you know, deciding how you're going to do things financially. So, uh, the other book that I really love, I'm like trying to remember the name of it right now. And I'm like looking around to see if I have it. Um, it's by this guy. He had a special on Netflix. Uh, his name is Ramit. I cannot think of the name of his book, but anyways, I think it's the only book he has, but, um, I'll put it in the show notes. Oh, I will teach you to be rich. That's what it's called. Um, and so that book is also just like straightforward to the point, like not a lot of BS and yeah, it was enjoyable. I was like, love this easy to follow. Like, and he gives great information on like how to invest, how to get started if you're starting from like not having any knowledge whatsoever, I think that's the biggest thing is like, it's, it's not often something that lots of groups of people, uh, grow up talking about it. You know, a lot of times we don't grow up hearing about it. So people just feel like it's a very foreign concept to them and they feel overwhelmed by it. And they're just like, listen, I'm having a hard enough time, like figuring out my budget. I don't want to, you know, involve investing as well, but I'm telling you, if you can find the right book, the right podcast, the right person to deliver that information to you, which I would start with the two of them and, and go from there. Um, it can really change your entire outlook on investing. Um, it, it's really can be such a game changer in your life and you do not have to have thousands of dollars to start out. I think that a lot of people think that's the case. That is not at all true. You can start out as small as you want to start out. Um, but yeah, learn about it. Like, really take the time, find the right teacher. And that's going to make the difference. And we are lucky when you think about it nowadays, because there are so many people that will teach it for free online. Like you can get a lot of free information. You can pick up a book, you know, for $12, that's going to give you a lot of information, which is great. You can listen to a podcast for free. That'll give you a lot of information. We really didn't have that per se before. Um, so now more than ever, it's a lot easier to find someone who isn't just an old white man talking about this. And it's a lot easier to find free information about it. Yeah. I was going to recommend um, the journey to launch podcast, which is by a black woman named Jamila. She has like 300 some episodes. She fired early, which is early retirement um, with her husband. They were both teachers. She talks about, so of course she had a limited income because teachers don't make no money and they're from New Orleans. So they bought their house. So she talked about that. Um, and then, um, the budget Nista, who I've talked about, I feel like before, those are two. So if you're feeling like, I don't want to listen to a man about money. Um, those are two people who are, who are black women who I would recommend if you're feeling like you want to see yourself in some of those people, because it is, again, like you said, it's the messenger and how you can find the person who you want to listen to. Um, but I did find, I think what I like about, um, the journey to launch format one she's been doing it for so long and it's practiced so long and she's so open and, and vulnerable about how she's did it and what she's done but also because she was making like the bare minimum wage you know what i mean she was just maxing out her roth art like that's what she was doing she's maxing out her retirement and then also picking up gigs on the side and that is how her and her husband ended up um saving up their money and retiring and buying their home and etc so Definitely. There's so many different ways and different um, venues to figure out what works best for you. I definitely think being safer about your investments is smart in the early on. So um, immediately jumping into risky, like I will say real estate is risky for people who are, are not 
accustomed to understanding. So I think that's not the first jump you probably should make. Um, Cryptocurrency is another like, (laughs) hang out and figure out what you need to do. um, And then look what that looks like, because that's another volatile market. Um, Certain types of stock trading is is very, like um, option trading. Obviously, I would never tell anybody to jump in and start option trading. Like, what are we doing? There are different ways that you can figure out how to buy into investments there are groups that you can get into you got honestly if you could do it with somebody else that you feel comfortable with that's a great way to do it because the risk is less on you and you guys can kind of do it together and there's a little bit more to say crypto safety. is one of the like most risky things that you can get involved in so things like that if you don't know what you're doing please steer clear like you're not Run immediately <laughs> um i take your time um don't invest in anything you can't lose that's another one to start early with. Do not be putting thousands and tens of thousands of dollars behind things that you don't understand because if you lose that money, it's you can't get it back. It's very hard. So definitely invest what you can afford to lose um, and take your time. Take your time. There's no right or wrong. So if you start investing at the same time as somebody else and they end up getting all this money, you don't. It's apples to oranges. You are in your own box. I'd rather you be a safe investor than a risky investor who makes a ton of money but then loses it. Like, you know what I mean? Gambling is not investing. I'm so sorry to tell you. Okay, that's living in Delulu land. Like, don't go. Don't be going out to your nearest casino and be like, I'm about to invest. Girl, no, you're not gambling. Um, <laughs> those type of things. Yeah, just just be smart. Listen to a couple of experts. And most of all, honestly, if you could, if you have the extra money, I would hire a financial um, advisor who can help you navigate starting your investment portfolio. And um, we're in an area of <laughs> high cost of living, higher income. So we can, I can walk down the street and go into a Morgan Stanley office and that type of thing. Like it's very spoiled here. Your bank should have a financial investor. Um, you, can, you can hire one online, like try to work with someone. If you have a little bit of extra cash on hand, that can help you maybe buy into um stocks and groups and things like that that will help you be wise about it and that way you're just not like picking up and being like if i short game stop i will be right you know what i mean like figure it out like take your time don't don't just get on reddit like what well, just worked for some people don't get me wrong that whole the GameStop situation totally was on board totally wanted and, and honestly i think a lot of people hate the idea of investing in finances because so much capital is like money's not real doesn't mean it like it's just paper you know what i mean like that i get it as a as a woo-woo person who hates the idea of like the establishment and all that i get it friends unfortunately that's where we are we live here yeah (laughs) unfortunately we have not gone to mars yet so we got to figure out how to make it work for yourself and honestly with a little bit more financial freedom you can start to invest back into your community or things that need you so i really implore you to try to like maximize your options as much as possible and, and make the money that you can Agreed. So the fifth step is going to be monitoring and adjusting, right? Because things change. So your life changes. Maybe you get married. Maybe you get divorced. Maybe you have a kid. Maybe you finish school. uh, Maybe you open up a second business. So with those adjustments, there's going to be adjustments to your budget. So keeping up with that. Um, And then the world changes, right? So there was a time when buying like stock in Netflix was probably like the best thing that you could do. And now, like, probably not as much, right? So just kind of paying attention to what's happening with When that, it was the best thing you could do, nobody knew about it. So <laughs> that's right. also the other problem. <laughs> right. So it's like you want to make sure that you're kind of paying attention to, you know, what is going on in the world um, and what is going on 
in the financial world and and make those adjustments, uh, you know, based on market conditions and and the trends that are happening. So just kind of keep abreast of everything. Again, you don't have to overnight become the most like financially savvy person on earth, but you learn a little bit at a time and you're going to learn where to make those adjustments accordingly. Uh, you also might find that there are certain seasons where like maybe, you know, you have a, maybe your like uh, side hustle is something that is more of a seasonal thing. So maybe there's a time of the year where you're like, you know what, I'm going to have a little bit of extra money coming in. And I want to make a plan for this money. So make sure that you're just, instead of just making the money and then blowing through it and not like really paying attention to the extra money you made, monitor that money, see what you can do with it. You know, maybe you can put it towards a fund, you know, maybe you can put it towards uh, doing something that you've wanted to do for a long time and you haven't had the extra finances to do. So just kind of be paying attention to that sort of thing and pay attention to uh, where areas where you can adjust throughout the year. Yeah, take your time. Um, definitely look at your region because I know a lot of financial situations are region specific. Yes. If you're in a region that you don't want to be in, you want to move somewhere else. My friends who are in the southeastern half of the United States, and I think emergency move- funds are are region specific too. I'm glad you pointed that because one of the emergency funds I forgot to mention that we have is a hurricane emergency fund, um, and that is because like I have a dog who does not like storms. And also, like, I don't really understand what I'm supposed to do if I have to be stuck inside with a hurricane for, like, two days, how I'm supposed to take a dog outside. I'm not trying to have my husband take this dog outside in the hurricane. Like, no, I don't want either of them out. So we just leave now during, like, bad hurricanes because we're just like, eh, it's just not worth seeing, like, I don't like the anxiety around, like, is it going to be bad? Is it going to not? Is it going to flood? I'm like, you know what? We're just going to go. So we go to the North, the Carolinas, and so we have enough money put away for, like, a week of – um like being an Airbnb and just, you know, like gas and whatever expenses to, to get up for just like a little, Hey, we're going to, and we're still working during this time because we can work, you know, from home. Obviously we're not showing homes because we wouldn't be, because there is a hurricane. So that part of our job wouldn't be happening, but we're still doing all the other aspects that one does in real estate. So we just will keep continue working, but just work in a different place for the week. Yeah. I think, um, being smart about that, like we said earlier, looking at trends, understanding how things are going. Unfortunately, that means reading some of the news, I know. Um, but I think the more you start to get into planning for yourself, planning for your life, and wanting to have those goals and that being your North Star, that helps it feel a little less icky. Because again, like I said, I get it. I am team Let's just all live on a farm. Why can't we have a barter system? Money is just paper. This is dumb. I'm t- I'm with you. I like it. the stock market. Like all those things, very frustrating, very annoying. The idea of like being a landlord. Like I, friends, <laughs> those of us who are way out there on the left side. I get it. I am with you. I understand. Unfortunately, it is better to be at least prepared and taken care of. If anything, you do not have to also put all your money into institutions that you don't feel comfortable with. There are ways to be smart and put your money back into places that you feel more comfy. So if you feel like, hey, I know my money is money and when I go, I just want to go and you have extra cash, start putting it back into people like help pay for college, get some books, like help people get their car. Like I have 100 percent been like, I don't understand why there is not a car maintenance fund like as a like a group, like there's no nonprofit dedicated to just right. having money to give people That's for when huge. there's car maintenance mm-hmm. so most people who make less than average or below like the whatever all right your middle class folks <laughs> your middle class and below 
typically have cars that are older because they typically own their cars that are, are more susceptible to needing repairs. And yeah, like you thing. keep it until it falls apart. Until it falls apart. Yeah. And so the car, guess what? They always be falling apart. So I'm right. like, why is there not funds? And even people who are like foster kids who are now going out for their first time as adults and now getting cars for the first time. It's like it's all fun yeah. and games until you need to replace tires. That's easy $400 for most people to get brand new tires. You know what I mean? That's not the reality. A lot of people just don't have $400 on hand. So I, you know, if you have that extra fun, extra money, and you're at a point in your life where you're comfy, also start to think about investing in people. People investments are just as valid as buying stocks and buying homes and other buying businesses, that type of thing. You can start to invest back into people and trust me, you will feel just as fulfilled. So if you're one of those people who are like, money makes me feel icky and I don't want to own nine properties, et cetera, you don't have to. You can just put somebody through college. You can put somebody through a specialized school. Like there's a lot of deaf schools now. Like I just watched Queer Eye. So the story about the deaf school um, and it shutting down and all these deaf schools shutting down, you can start putting money into those type of things. Like there are ways that you can start to invest in your community as well with your, your new found cash and your new resources that don't have to make you feel icky either if you're comfy, cozy where you are financially. Love it. All right. Well, We've talked a lot about finances, more than more than usual. So let us know if you have questions. Um, we do know people who work in the financial field that we can connect you to. I would not say that I'm an expert. Like for me, it's funny because a lot of pe- people come to me during tax season and they're like, I need you to like gather my life. Um, I'm definitely not a professional. It's just that I've been, you know, an entrepreneur for a long time. So you kind of have to learn to, to have somewhat control of your finances as a uh, entrepreneur or else it gets really messy really fast. And I know because in the beginning, I did not have any sort of plan at all. So I've already done it that way. Don't do it that way. Trust me, it's not fun. Uh, but yes, if you need you know, to get in touch with a financial planner or you need to talk to somebody about your finances, hit us up. We can send you in the right direction depending on the region and where you live and what you're looking for. Um, If you have any great financial advice or anything you want to share with the class, we would love to share it for you. So go ahead and write to us on Instagram. We are over there at Heart and Hustle Podcast and we are on X or Twitter or whatever we're calling it this week at Heart Hustle Pod. And we're at uh, Heart and Hustle Podcast at all the places basically all over social media. Yes, always love, leave us reviews and fun things on wherever you listen to podcasts so that other folks can find us. And like Charisma said, hit us up on social if you have some financial wrecks that we did not discuss. That way we can get it cheered out to the folks. Sounds good, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.